0: Deaner, owner of Sunshine Bowling Center and the All Sports Pub. Eve, Madison, and David, they'll be waiting on you tonight, so uh, take care of them. Tonight's episode is brought to you by producer Rob, the greatest top sportsman and top dragster, drag racing podcast producer to ever walk the face of the earth. It's brought to you by Top Gun, the greatest bracket racing movie ever made. Let's turn and burn, Mav. Uh, But it is absolutely not, and it never will be brought to you by freaking roadsters. Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your host. Rex Simmermaker coming to you live from Brownsburg, Indiana, in the center of the drag racing universe right now, the big go, the 65th annual NHRA Chevrolet Performance U.S. Nationals. Welcome to the show. Um, Guys, girls, this is episode number 19. This is our Top Dragster live show edition, at the u.s nationals thank you so much for being here or listening in and being part of fast brackets nation Um, hey we have um, a great crowd here tonight we're gonna have a blast Uh, we've got a little bit of a shortened schedule but uh, let's we are gonna have a great time Uh, this is all about celebrating what is going to be history this weekend um, and I am really, really excited. And I will just tell you that uh, this, the, this U.S. Nationals, this, this is really special to me. So I grew up in southern Illinois, and um, I came over to Indy twice a year. Uh, my dad brought me over here twice a year, so essentially since I was six years old. Um, came over every year for both the Super Chevy show and then also the U.S. Nationals. Those were always a constant coming over um and if if you're here in the in the all sports pub tonight if you look outside you can see highway 136. if you're at home look it up uh, it, it goes right outside the front gate but as i was growing up as i was a little kid um i loved coming to the u.s nationals for a couple of reasons and the first one was just entering the track was an incredible highlight it was It was incredible. The the cars would just be piled up outside of 136, um, waiting to get in or waiting to get out. The the crowds were amazing. And a bunch of people camped uh, right across the the street from the main entrance at what used to be the drive-in. And that place was crazy. People were losing their minds, partying, having a great time. And as a young kid... I noticed every year that there was a group of guys that I'm just going to call heroes right now. Okay, they, um, I don't know what their titles were, but in my mind, they were heroes. And they were really fashionista type people. Um, I assume that later on, they went on to uh, advise Kid Rock in his wardrobe selection. Um, you, I think you're getting the idea of what these heroes look like to me. And I I didn't know it, but I recognized and I figured it out pretty quickly that these guys had three major jobs to do. Um, The first one was to drink beer. And as a little kid, I figured they were doing it pretty well. I didn't know exactly what was going on, but I knew they were doing it pretty well. Um, And not all the beer, but most of the beer they were drinking. And I, I could figure that out. Um, and keep in mind, I'm six, seven, eight, nine. Um, and the second job that I figured out what they they were here to do was, and I mentioned these guys were fashion, fashionistas, um, their second job was to get the tops off all the girls. Like, I knew that. I, they, I could tell that um, it was really important to them. Um, it was something that they were really working hard to do. Uh, as a little kid, I just assumed that maybe the shirts were scratchy or something because it was really important to them that they got them off all the girls, even for a minute. If they came off just for a minute, everybody went wild. They really enjoyed the fact that those shirts came off for a minute, and I could, I could tell they did that really, really well. Um, but what they did most important for a young kid was – they stopped the car. So if you're in line with all the cars, if you had a cool car, they would stop the line. And they would let the progression go a little bit. So you had maybe a couple hundred feet. And they would stop you. They would throw some water down on your tire. And then you got to do a burnout, which was incredibly cool. So what you wanted to do was have a cool car. And you wanted to be able to stop and then do a burnout. And I remember one year we got to finally do the Burnout. And it was the coolest thing ever. And these guys, these heroes, as I like to call them, um, they really set the tone. Now um, now you've got to go uh, across the, the street. You've got to go to the campground to do all that stuff. But um, what these guys did was really good. And those, those three things always left a, a really good memory in my mind. And so to come back here almost 40 years later... And to talk to you guys about um, what is going to be another incredible memory for this weekend, being the top, the first ever top sportsman and top dragster um, winners and, and contesting this weekend is really something special. So, thank you all for uh, being with us, and uh, I'm I'm just a very very honored to be uh, a very small part of that. Uh, but uh, hey, let's get to it. Um, we have a great show tonight and it is all devoted to the top dragster category Uh, we'll break down a couple things tonight we'll we'll break down the the entry list we'll break down the qualifying ladder so far Uh, we're going to bring up some guests on stage to get their take on all of this Um, but before we get to that you guys have done an unbelievable job thus far of liking and sharing the Twitter and Facebook pages, and I really appreciate that. But if you haven't, help us out by following at Fast Brackets on Twitter, and then like and follow the Fast Brackets podcast page on Facebook. Now, metaphorically speaking, pull the car to the staging lanes, get strapped in, get your helmet tight, because here we go. All right, let's make it pass, let's get them hot, let's put them in the water box and talk about the only thing we can talk about today, which was, as we're recording this show, this is Thursday night, this is Thursday evening, so Top Dragster has made two qualifying sessions, um, both in the middle of the day, the, the weather was good, we had 33 competitors try to make the, the first round pull. Um And we have the top competitors from across the country. So we have folks from Louisiana. We have folks from California. We have folks from Texas, Arizona, New York. The best of the best hauled their rigs across the country in order to compete for the very first um, title and the very first Wally that says top dragster at the U.S. Nationals. Um, and the first round um, was was good. It was we expected early, and if you follow along a little bit, I, I thought it would be a little quicker, but everybody was very conservative first round, which as well, they should be. Um, they did exactly what they should as a competitor. And the bump spot was 628. So um, very, very strong. If we ended right there today, it would be the fastest, Class ever in the history of the class. So at 6:28, we know that's not done. Um, we're not done yet, but that's um, where we'll get to, or where we are right now. And we've still got one more qualifier tomorrow morning, which I would expect um, people to just lay the woods to um, tomorrow morning. Uh, but there were there were 33 cars that went down the track first uh, first time. Um, so this morning, uh, Mario Bosch went 6'11 with a 3 at 231 miles an hour to claim the top spot. Uh, his son, Darian, was uh, third at uh, 6'11.9. So if you think about that, uh, Rusty Baxter sneaks in there um, in between at number 2 at 6'11.7. All those guys are, are just moving right at the top and, and guessed right at the very beginning um, to put themselves right at the top and get in the show. Um, I will say that I'm really, really glad that the NHRA added the third qualifier because there was a lot of thought. And if you looked at um, at the session early in the week, they only had two sessions for us. So if you looked at the, the run sheets, there was only going to be two on Thursday. Um, I run in a series where you only have two qualifiers. It does change your, your game a little bit. It's fine. Um, but the first one's pretty conservative. Then you get after it. Um, and if you have any mechanical issues, it, it does test you a little bit. So I am really glad that, that NHRA said, hey, these guys want to step up. They, they need the opportunity. They need the stage to step up and they went after it, and so they, they made that change, and I think that is really, really good. So we had two today on Thursday the 29th, and we'll have one more on Friday morning, and that's, uh, you know as we're recording this, it is Thursday evening, so um, that, that is really good, and, and I will tell you that I picked, I kind of went early this week, and I said I thought that we're going to have a bump spot in the low 20s, maybe the teens. And I still think that is very, very possible in the morning. Um, and we'll, we'll talk to uh, one of our competitors here coming up um, and talk a little bit about uh, his thought process, his, his action going forward. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's, let's do that actually here um, in a few minutes. Let's, let's put it in the beams. Uh, putting it in the beams right now is brought to you by ThisIsBracketRacing.com. You know Luke Bugacki. He, uh, he is no stranger to the winner's circle at the U.S. Nationals, and he, he is here supporting us um, in the beams today. But with us right now um, from, uh, from Oswego, Oklahoma, is Bob Henry Jr. Bob, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Good to be here.
0: Yeah, appreciate you coming on so you just finished up uh the the second qualifier and hustled over and I, we appreciate that um but you got a speeding ticket you
1: basically <laughs> yes uh <laughs> we was a little hot going into number two uh, first qualifying session we went 622 uh 229 so we wanted to step it up a little bit the weather got a little better than we thought and uh Sun went off the track, and the next thing you know, we went 603, 232 miles an hour, which is too fast.
0: Yeah, so NHRA says 610 is the index, and most of the events across the country, just to put this in perspective, you run a 622 anywhere else in the country, and you're well within the top five or six. Yes, basically. Yeah, that's true. Bob, you were 21st this morning at a a twenty-two. Yes. I mean, what is going on here? This is insane.
1: Yeah, the good thing is we were prepared for that. Uh, the one thing we didn't want to do is come in and go under right away and get behind the, the, the curve there. So we were being conservative, um, obviously too conservative. I had it knocked in the head too much at the start. It only 60-footed, 102, uh, and had it. we were shifting about 7,400 RPM. So we was really pulling it back, and we just didn't get there when we wanted to. I was trying to run 15 and went 21.
0: Okay, all right, and, and just tell our listeners a little bit about your combo then.
1: So I, have, so I have a big block Chevy 540 cubic inch steel block, steel rods with a conventional heads, 395 heads on it, and it's uh, got a Vortex supercharger on it, V30. Okay. So Vortex has been a good sponsor of ours, and uh, we, we make a lot of horsepower. We can go anywhere and go number one for sure. Uh, it becomes a tuning game at that point, deciding now how fast we really want to go right so it's it's good to have that uh that set up i got to give props to danny nelson who i believe he's a, a mainstay on this show as well and uh it's a, it's a copy of his combin- his combination and and uh he helped us do that i didn't want to reinvent the wheel right <laughs> i seen what was working and i kind of latched onto him so i have to give him the credit and vortex
0: yeah that's great well we've heard a lot of people go into the vortex stuff and um really having a lot of success with that. And like you said, you can make a lot more power than what you need. So it's it's really trying to figure out how to pull it back a little bit, and then also be consistent at the same time. Exactly. So you don't want to
1: kill it so bad that it won't leave the starting line. So then, Because then right. it kills your reaction time. So you don't want to kill it too much there. And at the same time, we don't want to build a bunch of boost on the other end, put too much pressure through the motor. So we're trying to keep that dude around 28, 29 pounds of boost at the finish line. Uh, and we were about right at 30 pounds here this this last pass at 6.03. So it was a kind of a good news, bad news situation for us. Bad news is, obviously, it didn't count toward qualifying. Good news is we set our own personal speed best at 232 miles an hour and six best ET ever at 6.03, even though we wasn't trying.
0: Yeah, that's pretty impressive uh, that you did. I mean, good for you. You set your personal best at the big go. Like, that's pretty cool, man.
1: Yeah, you know, and I heard you talking about your history and things like that. So I'm in Oklahoma now. I'm originally 90 miles uh, east of here in a little town called Hamilton, Ohio. Okay. Grew up there on the wrong side of the tracks, uh, poor as could be. Uh, And uh, in all rights, shouldn't be sitting here today. So, you know, I've always, my dad was a drag racer, nowhere near what I'm doing here today. But, you know he was one of those guys that we'd drive the car down to the local edgewater park and uh, change the road tires off put the slicks on it and and go racing uncapped the headers and have a good time Great. that was my childhood <laughs> thank you that's right so so that was my childhood and it kind of as most people know that's anywhere around drag racing it, it gets in your blood you can't get it out I've tried uh, <laughs> you know it is not the most financial uh, best decision you can make if you're a drag racer because uh, you know you got to be in it for the love of it not for the money of it
0: yeah that's uh that's very cool so you're familiar with uh raceway park lucas oil raceway park and and, and you've raced here before i'm guessing if you're from cincinnati absolutely
1: i had one of my best weekends ever here uh, at raceway park um, i they had a double double day event one was a quarter mile race one was an eighth mile race uh, one on saturday one on sunday and i ended up winning both of those so on my wall of fame, I have those two plaques. That's quarter mile, eighth mile. So that was pretty fun.
0: Very impressive and has got to give you a lot of confidence coming into this event, knowing that you've been in the winter circle here before.
1: Yeah, and it's one of my favorite tracks. Obviously, even when I wasn't, this is my backing up. This is my first year to ever compete uh, at the U.S. Nationals. So I was always a big money bracket racer. So I traveled around, you know, running those big money events, and I've won the ten tucks and uh, just about every big money race around here, except for the million, unfortunately. Uh, and I just haven't run that that many times, once or twice. Uh, so, uh, you know, I've, I've been around, I've done a lot of bracket racing, and back when I started this, I had the bright idea that, uh, you know, I was watching Top Direction, I was like, man, this is a bunch of guys that's got a lot of money can't drive. That was my opinion. <laughs> you know, because I was watching Yeah, go, that's, yeah.
0: A, that's a thing, you right. know, And that
1: was, you know, at the time, early on, years ago, that was kind of the deal. Guys had a lot of money, they could go fast, you know, right. and, and that's how it was. Unfortunately, now that I'm in it now, uh, there's a bunch of drivers, a bunch of, past world champions, a bunch of big money bracket racers. I mean, the best of the best is in this category. And more is coming. You know, I, they're coming every day. So you know, I think it's going to be a class that everybody wants to see, especially if they understand it. So you know, what people don't understand that aren't in drag racing, you know, it's not like running funny car. We're not smashing the gas, and once it hooks up, we run to the end. We're going 230 miles an hour, looking at each other at the finish line, trying to take 10,000. You That's know. right.
0: That's incredibly difficult to yeah. do, and for somebody who has no idea, taking 10,000, 230 miles an hour it is virtually impossible. And then remember to get the parachute, because no parachute,
1: <laughs> right. bad things are going to happen. You know. So believe me, I've done it. I did it in St. Louis last year. We w- it was close race. I was looking at the side, and from the matter of me saying, "Oh man," he got the wind light, and me thinking, "Parachute," <laughs> I almost didn't get at the, didn't get stopped. <laughs> so you know, and I added it up last week at 230 miles an hour, we're going about a football field a second. so
0: yeah, it's it's impressive and um, to be able to drive the stripe at those speeds is is really a skill that is I mean, developing that is it takes time and it sounds like you' you've got your handle on it. that's for sure. Um, well, tell us about the trip then. so you you've made the trip. what did you have this on your? on your calendar like as soon as it was announced early in the year or how when did it kind of come to you that went hey i have a chance to win a wally at the u.s national and the very first one
1: yeah that was that was amazing so i was hearing the rumors early on that it might happen and we, every all of us were kind of pushing you know and thank goodness top directors are starting to catch on a little bit yep. there you know they're inviting us to the midwest pro mod series things like that hello keith haney and uh so it's starting to get a fan base you know people are starting to understand that these things are really fast and can be really exciting and uh you know th- i think they like that
0: yeah no, i agree and i couldn't be happier that the nhra got on board and said hey let's let's invite them to the greatest race that we have i mean we're, we're looking over there it's almost a thousand cars i mean it, it is there's no better place to be on the planet right now if you're a drag racer and bob you got a chance to to go do
2: it,
1: we do, and we have a legitimate car that can win this thing. You know, uh, uh, we haven't always had as good a car as we've got, but we've got a contender. We, you know, I've missed the tune-up a little bit. We just didn't go as fast as we wanted it to. Tomorrow, you know, we'll set it up to run somewhere around 15 or so, and we'll be just fine. You know, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. You know, it ain't like I haven't run these guys before. Right. You know what I mean. So I know what I'm dealing with, and and so do they. So
0: it will be a gunfight. Yeah, there's no question. Tomorrow's gonna be nuts. I mean we we've got a bump that's at six twenty eight and like I mean I think it would it would be easy for that to fall into the teens if people kinda zero in. It, it's very
1: it, it's it could. What I suspect will happen, however, is everybody normally on this third pass will go into race mode. So, and the deal with that is, is, you know, we're gonna be racing in some cooler weather as the weekend goes. We could be out early in the morning. The temperature could be 60, 65 degrees. So nobody wants to go up there sitting on 6.10, 6.10 setup, and then all of a sudden the weather and the footage goes down a thousand foot and the weather goes 20 degrees cooler in the morning. And now your 6.10 is now 6.02. Right. So now you got, you have no choice but to try to kill that. So I expect people will settle in And and go into bracket mode, race mode. Um, I know that Mario went, Bosch and his son Mm -hmm. went into bracket mode in the second pass because I had Mario beside me. Okay. And uh, we leave, and it looked like he was tied to a stump. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) you know, I was fast and he was slow. And uh, you know, I found out he had changed the tooth on the blower and slowed it down a little bit, and uh, and I was too fast. So the combination of both, you know. Looked bad because I was going to use him to judge a little bit because he just went six eleven. <laughs> right. So I was right. my plan was go down there and hang a wheel on him and go six ten, but that didn't work out so well.
0: Yeah. Um, no. That that was a good plan going in, but uh, you know, you'll have to figure it out tomorrow. Um, tell us a little bit about your program and who all helps you and how you go on the road.
1: Yeah. So again, poor boy from Ohio. Um, is, and so I understand the challenges of being able to go this drag racing thing and do it at this kind of level. I mean, it's, it's a high level racing. It takes a lot of money and a lot of support. And I've been fortunate since even my bracket racing days to always have good sponsorship. So back in the early days, m- one of my very first sponsors was Doug Herbert Performance Parts. OK. I got to know Doug. He was supporting and, and and it was a simple sponsorship. He would help me with uh, parts and such and things like that. I got to know him very well uh so it was it was an enlightening thing and he kind of trained me a, a little bit on how things work and got to hang out around the two top fuel car a few times but so that was my very first sponsor so I w- even back then i'm running bracket races 20 15 20 years ago with sponsorship you know yep. so and then it kind of morphed into some other things so later on i ended up picking up lucas oil so and uh, they provided me with oil and such and things like that. And uh, for quite a few years, I ended up moving to Oklahoma and ended up losing my Lucas Oil sponsorship. And at that time, uh, Renegade Oil picked me up. Okay. So they had seen what I had done with Lucas Oil. We got to know each other real well. And they have been just wonderful throughout. You know, They were just kind of getting going back then. Renegade was back in those in, you know, five, six years ago. And I've been with them the whole time. So. Uh, that's been a wonderful relationship, uh, and then along comes Air Gas and Mickey Thompson Tires, Vortex Superchargers, uh, who really make this thing go, and s- still today, you know, I need that kind of support to be able to run these run these races, and I do the best I can to represent my sponsors and uh, and what that means to me is you know I sell their product I promote their product you know I'm always available to them and their customers to answer questions you know we'll go on the road and do grand openings at stores uh, whatever we can do to help them Mm -hmm. so
0: no, you're doing it at a high level and uh, doing it uh, very very well I know they'd be very proud of you and uh, we certainly appreciate you coming on tonight And uh, wish you the best of luck tomorrow. I know you've got your hands full, but uh, you're ready for the fight for sure.
1: Yeah, tune in to NHRA and uh, you can watch this whole thing, and uh, it should be exciting. Yeah, if, I, if you can't get here,
0: right? I agree. I agree. That was the great Bob Henry. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Guys, that was great. Um, all right, let's 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 go to the half-track report brought to you as always by dragracelawyer.com. Um, we all know um, that it's always brought to you by dragracelawyer.com and Ed Harney. Um, if you need someone you can trust, someone who is like you, a drag racer, and he has legal expertise that you need, you have to go to dragracelawyer.com and talk to Ed, and get your legal tune-up. And Ed is with us here tonight. Ed, how are you? I'm outstanding, Rex. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I mean, we are sitting here. We're um, talking bump spots in top dragster, the fastest field in history, and it's going to get faster. Uh, Listen, I'm fired up. Um, We've got a little bit of uh, reporting to bring to you, uh, but, uh, but... Ed, I've known you for a long time, um, and I know you've flirted with putting together a top dragster uh, car for a while. So let me ask you this. If you were going to put together a top dragster car right now, what power adder would you use?
2: You know, if, if that's what something I was doing right now and, and uh, had the opportunity to do it, I, I really think I'd look at the ProCharger route. Yep, uh, Lester, Lester Johnson, if you watch his car... Yep. Uh, the, uh, the electronic, uh, fuel injection, pro charge combination, I'd call Lester and Andy and say, Hey, help me out. Right. Yeah. They've got it figured out for sure. Just, just amazing. It seems like they can just dial up power when they want it. It's just like they make a change and they go faster.
0: And you know, they they really have to dial it back is what they have to do. I mean, they're, they're way ahead of the curve. And, uh, I think Lester runs a, you know, he'll run a pro mod event here or there and, and really blows the doors off. Well, and you,
2: and and you probably saw that with uh, they're doing the exhibition of the pro mod cars with the pro charger. That's right. Yeah. You know, so they got that that side by side they're doing, kind of looking and seeing if they're going to let that into the pro mod class, and uh, yeah. that's pretty exciting.
0: I, I agree. Well, I, I can't disagree with you that let's let's get some results here. Let's go to the NHRA Division Three event um, in Bowling Green, which is where everybody la- was last weekend, and talk top dragster. So your number one qualifier. Was Rusty Baxter from Beckville, Texas, um, in his 13 racecraft? Um, he goes a 610 with a five. He goes 215 miles an hour, at um, uh, 215 miles an hour and 82 there. And the thing was, number two, two uh, A and two B was Ashley Johnson and Daddy Danny Waddell Jr. They both go 6'10 with a 7. So I, I talked with Brian Tidrick, and, you know, Ashley puts a – Ashley's dad, Brian, um, is the crew chief for Ashley. And, uh, you know, he puts – or she puts a 6'10 with a 7 on the board, and he's thinking he's pretty good. He turns around, walks back, and and uh, Rusty slips in there with a 6'10 with a 5. I mean, he's he's spitting mad at that point. And, uh, uh, you know, so talk about three people right there within 7th hour perfect – and um, really, really impressive group. There were 36 cars attempting to qualify in that. The bump spot was 6.55 with a three. There were 22 dragsters on the property um, that qualified between 6.10 and 6.20. So they were warmed up for this race for sure. Um, and if it was a 32 car or 31 car field, there were 32 cars there. But um, if it was a 31 car field, the bump would have been a 6.33 with a zero. Which is absolutely flying. Um, the winner of that event was Danny Nelson. You just heard Bob talk about Danny and his impressive work as a chassis builder and drag racer. And he gets a win over Joe Fisher um, from Racing RVs. That those two guys, quite the competitors. Um, and Danny has been on fire here lately. I mean, he's he's got that racecraft chassis. Um, just really dialed in right now. I mean, he runnered up at the JEG Sports Nationals uh, while you know before that. And, um, and then Danny's just been doing really, really well. So congrats to Danny Nelson uh, for the win in Bowling Green. Next week we will have your NHRA US Nationals results, of course. And then also we will get you caught up on all the divisional point standings. Um, thanks, Ed, for coming on. We really appreciate having you and um you know if if you need him that is Ed Harney.
2: Thanks Rex, always ha- always happy to be here. Yeah, appreciate it.
0: All right, Lo, let's get out of the groove. Um hey, I will say that then we're going to talk a little bit about this show here just for uh, a quick second um and I don't always do this but uh I will just say this. When I started this show what I really wanted I wanted a sports talk show for the type of stuff that I listened to. I wanted, I I didn't want to listen to um, a sports talk show about, like I didn't really care about, um, let's call it baseball. I didn't really care about football. I didn't really care about um, a lot of other things. What I did care about was drag racing and specifically top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing and um and, uh, and so I wanted to have a show about this. So I hope that it, it kind of feels like a sports talk for our, our categories. Um, so that's what I did. Um, but this whole thing has been a little like using nitrous for the first time. Um, you want to improve upon what you've done before. Um, you want to learn what to do and what not to do. But most of all, you want to keep it from blowing up. And uh, I think I think we've done that tonight. So uh, thank you for being here. Um, all right, uh, guys, it is uh, time for us to take the stripe. Um, I you know we've had we've had a really good um, really good episode here. Uh, it's a little bit a little shorter because we had to change gears just a little bit because of NHRA schedule. Uh, but well, let's pull the shoots on episode 19, the top dragster edition um, at live at the u.s nationals um let's look at the wind light there it is um gloria is playing somewhere in the world i know it is laura brannigan and that big beautiful song of hers i love it all is right in the world um uh thanks to ed harney and bob henry for coming on they were awesome um hey um I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, I wish you guys the very, very best tomorrow. Good luck out there as you guys make history. Um, Keep the rubber side down and travel safe.